final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. Into the Great Scott Show, eight o'clock hour. I'm Scott Prather coming to you from the ESPN Lafayette Studio, sponsored by Bet Rivers. Every day at Bet Rivers Sportsbook, Louisiana, you'll find line specials, daily boosted odds, parlays of the day, and more. Learn more at betrivers.com. Louisiana Ragin' Cajun Baseball, four and four on the season, went to uh, Round Rock. That tournament faced some stiff competition, um, lost three, and then on Tuesday, yesterday, on Fat Tuesday, uh, they were in Natchitoches and won a a fun and wild game against the Demons, 11-8. They will face them again tonight over at the Teague at Rousseau Park. Six o'clock first pitch scheduled for you. And here to chat some Cajun baseball with us is assistant coach, friend of the program, to all of you, that would be Anthony Babineau, who is on the phone line with us this morning. Good morning, Bab. How are you? Good morning, Scott. I'm great. How are you this morning? I'm good. Are you? Are you? Did you get any good sleep over the last week? How, how, what is the sleeping situation like when you're on like a week long road trip? Well, I mean, you're in a hotel, obviously, and and you're able to get some some sleep, good sleep. I don't know if you can term it. Good sleep. It just depends. You know, we had early games, so to speak, on both Friday and Saturday. So that meant early wake-up calls when you talk about team breakfast in the morning and having to be at the field for BP two to two and a half hours before before the game start, before that 11 o'clock game. So, you know, it, it was early mornings, but you know, you get to bed early enough and, and you're able to get a good night's sleep. Last night we got in from Northwestern at twelve thirty. So a few hours last night and then we'll hook it up again tonight, bud. There it is. But I will tell you I will tell you that road trip felt like it felt like we were on the road for three months for some reason. <laughs> when we were driving back last night. It just it it was a long road trip. I mean it was a road trip that we had to do the trip the way we did it as far as staying over in Round Rock Sunday night and heading across to Northwestern on Monday because it wouldn't have made much much sense, especially with no school for the kids to come back Sunday after that 4 o'clock game from Round Rock and then turning right around yesterday and heading to Northwestern. So um, we planned the trip the best that's way we thought that it could be planned, and um, here we are. Yeah, longest road trip of uh, of the season, but you're back home and back at it tonight. What what did you know? It was good competition in Round Rock, no question. But um, each game sort of had its own had a life of its own, right? They they played out somewhat differently. I know there are a few things we'll hit on that you know you guys have done well and things you got to improve on, but. What do you think this team learned about themselves in Round Rock, in your mind? Well, I think what we learned the most is that over the weekend, we lacked that killer instinct 
We really did because, yes, we played good teams, but do we feel that we're just as good as those teams? Absolutely. 100% we feel as if we're just as good, if not better, than those teams that we played in Round Rock. You know, each game sort of had one bad inning that got away from us that really did us in. The first game against against um, who did we play first? <laughs> play, no, no, you hadn't slipped in a while. You, so you had number four, Stanford, on Friday. Stanford, Stanford. You know, uh, Marshawn hits the leadoff triple. We score him. We've got an opportunity with a runner at third, less than two outs to score again. We don't get it done. And then just kind of never got anything from there. Didn't build any momentum. And then against Indiana, one really bad inning where it really got away from us. And then just Arkansas, that game was right there. It was ripe for the picking in the last inning. Didn't get it done. But we've just, we've got to have that that killer wolf, we call it. That killer wolf's got to come out in us each and every time we play and just really step on the throat of people. We really do when we have them down. You know, Coach, Coach Robe used to say, you know, talking about that one bad inning or, or talking about the runner at third and less than two, when when you don't do the, the, the small things that you should do that are the easier, so to speak, parts of the game, it usually comes back to haunt you. When you don't score that run from third with less than two when you should, when you don't make plays that you should, obviously it just – it kills you, and that was the case over the weekend. Yesterday, we we started the game on fire, and they come back with a slam to go up four two, and then but the difference in last night, somewhat, at least offensively, is we kept coming, we kept scoring, we we drove runners in when they were third base with less than two, we executed hit and runs. We executed stolen bases. Those were some things also over the weekend that we didn't do. So to, to answer the question that was asked, what did we learn? I think we learned that number one, we're, we're going to be good. We're going to be very good. We learned that. Number two, we learned that we're just as good as the teams that we played. But we also learned that playing in 30 degrees when it feels like 21 is really no fun. We learned that. Um, But the conditions were what they were. I mean, you know, we we can't control the weather. But we just learned that that, that we've got to finish. We've got to finish games. And we were able to do that yesterday, a wild back-and-forth game. But we were able to finish, come out with a W, and that's going to obviously be the goal again tonight. ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. It seems like, Bab, uh, obviously, you know, a lot of free bases, right? That's the thing that you want to clean up. Correct. Uh, I mean, that that's that's an obvious thing you can point to, and that's something you guys are working on. On the other side of it, you know, I know you guys would like to get on base more, but you talk about last night's game. Um, I mean, you and Deggs have said it for, for years, uh, expect ultra-aggressive base running. And last night, that really 
I mean, I think in a lot of ways was arguably the biggest difference maker for you guys last night. And what what are some of the things when you guys are able to uh, have the base running you had last night? Aside from oh well, they got a steal. Oh well, that brought. What are some of the more not super inside baseball things, but something be beneath the surface that when you base run like that, what it opens up offensively, or you know the pressure it puts on the opposition. Well, the last thing you said is is the most glaring thing. It's the pressure that it puts on the opposition. It's it's being the aggressor. You know, it, there's a saying not just within our program, but people know this saying. It, it's it's true in life too. Is the aggressor always wins nine times out of ten? The aggressor always wins. Now, the aggressor every once in a while is going to crash and burn. But you have to be unafraid to crash and burn. You can't worry about if you're going to crash and burn when you take those risks. So it, the aggressor puts pressure on its opposition. It really does. And when you, when you run the bases like we did last night, it, it, it puts it ha, or it has the ability at least to put your opponent on its heels the pitcher, the defenders, it, it, the, the opposition's dugout, the opposition's coaching staff. It, it just puts pressure on your opponent, and it allows you to play more free. When, when you're unafraid to crash and burn, when, you're, when you are um, not worried about the result, of the risk that you're taking, you're going to play more free. And that's exactly what we did last night. Now, our opposition allowed us, as far as the stolen bases, to be successful and to do that. You know, we were able to run on their catcher. Uh, we were able to run on some of the arms because of their times to the plate. So that aided it a little bit. But the fearlessness and the, the reckless abandon, so to speak, that we played with last night was to our advantage. And especially if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing on both sides of the, of the, of the baseball, if we don't give up those free bases, yes, they had a guy that hit two home runs against us. And they had some other guys that, well, they had one other guy that drove in a run because the two home runs produced seven, but those two home runs, the grand slam early in the first, there were two walks on base and a base hit. Those were the three runners on base before the slam. The three run homer was an error and a walk before the three run homer. So you take those away and, you know, the score is not even close. So when you combine those two, no free bases, make them earn everything, and offensively we play unafraid to crash and burn and take chances and take risks and play more free, good things are going to happen. Yeah, Bo Willis, when he hit that grand slam, it was you know it was so early in the game. Um, there was just a lot more ball left to be played. Whenever you guys go up, it's eight, suddenly it's suddenly it's nine to eight, right? When you get those insurance runs late, do you feel like 
one run versus three run lead in the ninth. What do you feel more comfortable? Do you feel not as like is it is it the same? Is it hey we still have to close this thing out? Like insurance runs, they are they are valued very much. I think by by a typical baseball fan, they always talk about how important it is. When you're in a dugout, when you're at a game, when you're coaching, when you're looking on, what is like what changes for the pitching? What changes for the defense in the in the in a ninth inning, bottom of the ninth, you're on the road, whenever you've got multiple runs instead of just one. How much does that impact the next half inning? You got the runs. Now you all you gotta do is just get three outs, but what changes, I guess, defensively on the diamond when you have those insurance runs? Well, it changes everything, really. It it changes just your mentality and your comfort level. I mean, up by one, obviously, um, as long as you win by one, you win, correct? But going into the bottom of the ninth on the road, up three as opposed to one, you're, you're, you're just able to relax a little more because if you're just up one, then obviously, I mean, you want to go – one, two, three, ball game over because one runner gets on. I mean, there's so many things that can happen. I mean, you're up three, then we get into a situation where we're up three, but yet the time run still came to the plate. Willis was up to the plate again, and, you know, chances were very slim that he hits a third home run that night and ties the game. Um but that still occurred, but still the fact that we were up three, if he does hit a home run right there, the game is tied. They still hadn't won. So, you know, late in the game like that, when you're ahead, every one run you tack on, it feels like three. It really does. So that three run lead in the ninth felt even bigger because it's, it's, it's more than a one run, even a two run lead feels so much better and so much bigger than a one-run lead. So it's very important. It was it was outstanding that that we came back and and tacked those runs on. But again, throughout the game, all the runs we scored is because we played unafraid to crash and burn, and we played the game aggressively. We didn't play it on our heels. We took it to them, even all the way going back to. Connor Kimple stealing third base and them picking him off. But because he was being aggressive, the pitcher throws the ball away at third and he just walks in the home, you know, now the pitcher could have not thrown it away. He could have been thrown out, but he was unafraid to crash and burn. He was not worried about the result of the play. He was just playing, and that's going to happen when you run a lot, when you take chances. A lot of times you've got to anticipate. What I mean by anticipate is you try to get a jump of of when you think the pitcher is going to the plate after studying him a couple pitches, studying him in the dugout. It's, it's a, it's a calculated risk. It's not uncalculated. It's, it's calculated. And, and he took that risk. If the third baseman catches the ball, if the pitcher throws it straight, he's out. However, it put pressure on the pitcher. He didn't throw it straight. He threw it in the bullpen. We walked in with with a, with a go-ahead run at that point, 
um, to get it to uh, nine to eight. ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. Anthony Babineau is our guest talking at Rage and Cage Baseball. They're back at it tonight against an opponent they just saw uh, what feels like just a few hours ago. We're going to talk about tonight's matchup, a couple of individual players as well, and uh, what's coming up the rest of this week, this weekend. An opponent that isn't a conference opponent but soon will be. It's all coming your way. Don't go anywhere. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. We'll be right back right after this. Hey, this is Rich Eisen, and you can hear me every day on ESPN Lafayette from noon to 3 on The Rich Eisen Show. You, my friend. I'm glad I did this test on you, the friendship test. What? You got the best seat in the house. ESPN Lafayette. ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. Hi, Come on. And I'm looking for some action. But like Mick Jagger said, I can't get no Welcome back into the great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette. That is Tone Low Key. Along with Quad City DJs and Rob Bass will be performing at Patty in the Park, St. Patrick's Day, Thursday, March 17th, as well as Clay Cormier and the great Wayne Toops. Get your tickets now at any Legends location. That's Patty in the Park, sponsored by Bud Light Next and Go Auto Insurance. Gates open at 5. Music starts at 5.30 on St. Patty's Day. Get your tickets now, $20. If you wait till the day of, it'll cost you a little more, 25 Kids 12 and under, get in for free. Speaking of going and sharing an emotional experience with a crowd, Coach Babineau and I were talking about that last week. Cajun fans get a chance to do it tonight as the Cajuns are back at home after a road trip to Texas and then up to North Louisiana. Northwestern State is visiting Russo Park tonight at 6 o'clock. And, Bab, familiarity with, with opponents is analyzed a lot in baseball when it comes to, I guess, a conference opponent in a three-game weekend series and guys are throwing pitchers. It's a little different than the midweek when you play an opponent in the midweek on back-to-back nights, how much do you draw from one game to the other, or just in terms of scouting? You know what I mean? Right. Well, you draw a lot, really, because pretty much the same guys are going to be playing tonight, with the exception of the pitchers, obviously, and, and some of those guys um, might run back out there as well but you know there's some things obviously that we already talked about in in the post game meeting last night that we're going to use tonight so uh, some of those tendencies you mentioned those familiarities uh, they're going to be um in full effect tonight really and and um the one thing that you don't have to do is, is search for the scouting report <laughs> that you file away from game to game because, um, you know, you play them the next night. But some people like it, some people don't. I, I kind of like it just because, uh, like you said, of, of 
having just played them and, and it being fresh in your mind and, and you really don't really don't need the scouting report that much. You can go off a of feel and memory of, of what you did the night before. Yeah, so you I mean you've been in the business a while. If 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 it's up to you, you like sort of the back to back same team in the midweek as opposed to you guys had a you know, a fun win last week, uh, you know, extra innings against Southeastern and then I think it's five weeks between them and obviously the report's a little different then. So you had your preference, you know, obviously you're going either way, whatever's on the schedule, but you know, you kind of have something to do with the schedule sometimes too, Bab. So when it works out and it sets up, you prefer what you guys have going on this week. Well, I personally, I, I like the, the back to back midweek where it's the same opponent. That doesn't happen very often. That's happened a couple of times. I remember with Nichols, we did that one year, not too long ago, but this was the way this set up. It wasn't supposed to be this way originally, but we had to make a change because of something else going on with, with either our schedule or theirs. I can't remember, but it worked out this way. And, um, you know, this is what we've got presented to us. So, but look, we've got to, we've got to come out tonight and play with the same energy, passion, and, and, unafraid to crash and burn that we played last night so that we can get the same result. Because um, at the end of the day, the, the all that matters is, is the W. It, it really is. That, that's what matters, no matter how you get it, whether it be a pretty W or an ugly W. Uh, it's a W nonetheless. So that's the goal each and every night. So we've got to play our, our style of baseball. We've got to do what what makes us successful. And you know, one of the things we have to do the most is we've got to clean some things up on the mound. Uh, we can't give away so many free bases. That's, that's hurting us, right? It's killing us right now. It really is. Um, so we've got to clean that up first and foremost. Yeah. We talked about it earlier. You know, the free bases is, is at least in my mind, you know, the biggest issue to this point with the team, um, you, you cut back on that and, you know, the results will change. A guy like Drew Shiflett, I know he walked four in his very first game against UC Irvine. Since then, I think he walked maybe one last night in the win, one on Sunday in the loss. Just wanted your thoughts on Drew. You know, he's he's gotten in uh, on four different occasions. In his two wins, you know, he's he's going three strong. Um, how do you feel about where he is and, and how he is beginning to settle in? There was a lot of talk about him, the transfer from Texas, uh, you know the right-hander, just a lot of anticipation, and I think folks have watched him now, and they've seen, they've seen. I won't say a little bit of everything. I think they'd be pushing it, but they've seen a good bit, right? They've seen various sides of Shiflet. So tell us a little bit about the young man and what uh, you know, what he brings to the table, and your thoughts on what he has done to this point this season with uh, with the two and two win loss. Well, I think he's done he's done well. I really do. I think he can. And I think he can be even better. You know, he's got a good power fastball, good curveball, good changeup, three-pitch mix. Those guys that can do that usually can be successful. And when you put a little mentality behind it, their stuff can play up even better than what it that really is. And he's got a little bit of all of that. He really does. He's, he's you know, obviously started a game for us and he's pitched out of the pen. He's pitched some big innings out of the pen, but I think Drew can, we love Drew. Uh, we love what he has done for us. 
but I think he can be even better. He can, he can, you know, clean some things up and just be a more dominant factor for us. I think throughout the year, depending on how weeks set up and, and how things go, you'll see Drew, you'll probably see him start a game again at some point because, you know, he has the, the ability to start a game with the three-pitch mix, as I said, but he also has the ability if he's able to, and if we need him to, close out a game, pitch on the back end, because this stuff is so good. Um, and as long as, as he'll keep a, a, a tough mentality, then he's going to be fine wherever he pitches. But but we're very glad that he's here. Uh, he's overcome a lot um, to be here. And, you know, he's he's drawing off all those experiences that he's had in the past, whether it be at Texas or, or, or somewhere else, other places, and some of those obstacles that he's had to overcome. And he's using that. You know, we tell our guys all the time to, to – Find that pain that you have inside of you and, and use it for your success. So he's, he's, he's been able to do that, to tap into some of that and, and use some of that to create some of, the, some of the success that he's had for us. Anthony Babineau, our guest, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. I'm Scott Prather. Um, Tommy Ray, you know, we've seen him twice. Uh, we saw him against UC Irvine, and he um, – he looks strong in relief, you know, on opening night. We saw him earn the start against Stanford, and Stanford's, you know, a top-five team in the country. Um, and it was, a, it was a different outing, right, a different opponent. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of him, right? We've seen him on the mound twice. Just looking for a little more on the young man and um, what you guys anticipate, you know, moving forward, if, if he's still the guy this Friday, and, uh, and, and how you feel about his two appearances so far this year. Well, I think his two appearances this year have been outstanding. They really have. You know, each appearance that he's had since the spring started back in January, you know, so including inner squads into the season, he's gotten better and better, sharper and sharper, and he's thrown more of the way that we anticipated that he threw would throw when we signed him. You know, he's a big arm, a power arm. When he can stay in the strike zone, you know, he had some 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 issues very early on this spring where he wasn't commanding the zone, he wasn't in the strike zone, but then he would get better and he'd get better and he'd get better and he'd get better. You know, he started both of our fall games this past fall, and I thought what he did against Stanford was was good. It was really, really good against, as you mentioned, that caliber of an opponent. He pounded the strike zone, especially in those conditions, those bitter cold conditions, how any pitcher was able to, to do anything in those conditions is, is beyond me, really. Uh, but the fact that he was able to do that in those conditions against a, a, a quality opponent was just great. Um, you know, we need we need him to continue to pitch like that in, in, in big spots. You know, when you can have a, a dominant Friday night guy, it's, it's such a relief. It really is just knowing that Friday night, first game of the series, no matter who it is against, 
you're going to have an opportunity. You're going to have a chance to be successful. That's a great feeling. Then when you're when you're flipping coins as far as who's going to pitch on on the opening game of a series because you don't really have a a weekend tone setter, it's not a good feeling. Trust me, we've been there. Fortunately, we haven't been there many seasons in the the 28 that I've been here. More often than not, we've had that guy. So when you have a guy like that, it's just a, it's a calming feeling to the coaching staff, the the ball club, the everyone that's paid to watch the game. It's a calming feeling, and it's reassuring to know that. So, you know, we need Tommy to keep pitching big like he is, um, you know, for us and, and for the team. No doubt. Anthony Babineau, our guest, ESPN Lafayette. This is a great Scott show. I'm Scott Prather, and... Circling back to Shiflet for a minute, I mentioned two and two. Those were just the the game results, not his. He's officially one and zero on the year uh, with the victory last night. Um, all right, two more pitching questions for you, Bab, about specific guys. One guy that we saw very briefly, I think he pitched one third of an inning, maybe against. I think it was against Indiana. Is uh, is Bryce Callaway? Uh, young man's a freshman, big guy, right? I think he's six four, six five, about two thirty, uh, and you know, I, I heard some good things about him. Uh, my son's name is Callaway. It is my grandmother's maiden name. So I, you know, Bryce doesn't know me, but perhaps we are very uh, distant cousins. But honestly, I, I just wanted a little bit more on this young man. Like you, you've seen a little bit of him. I know there's some guys you guys still want to see more of, but since uh, I guess the fans don't know a ton about him quite yet, uh, what can you tell us about this guy? Well, Bryce, is a, he's a great young man. He really is. Bryce is originally from New Orleans, uh, moved to Houston uh, a few years back. So we got him out of a high school in, in Houston. But I think Bryce has got a, a good future with us. He's a, he's a big kid, as you mentioned. But he's just and, – and his roles may his role may progress as we go. But, you know, he's behind a few of the guys right now, but, but he's got some good stuff. He's, he's pitched really well in, in most of the inter-squad games that we've played. And I think you saw a little glimpse of what he could potentially do and, and be for us. You know, he's a big, as you mentioned, a, a big, imposing figure out there on the mound. So, you know, Bryce is going to have his day. Uh, we've just we've got some guys ahead of him right now, but uh, we've got we've got some plans for Bryce. He's a, he's a great kid, um, very polite, very genuine young man, uh, but also a, a great competitor. You know, once he crosses those lines, he becomes a great competitor. So, uh, I mean, you got six. But, but in, yeah, there's sorry, there's a lot ahead. of. No, I was just going to say, look, you have sixteen guys that have that have pitched this year for you, and we're you know, you're eight games into the season. Um, there's a, he's a true freshman. Obviously, there's a pecking order that sort of changes throughout the year, and some guys move up, some guys don't, some guys move back, whatever it might be. But of 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 all sixteen that have gotten in there, I imagine there's a few guys you you expect to see more of. But how only eight games in? How far are you guys away, Bab, from sort of I guess finding somewhat of a routine? into i guess the the pitching whether it be on the weekends in the midweeks uh should we expect more of what we've seen so far like if that question makes sense like obviously you get into a rhythm at some point and your, your staff typically looks different you know later in the season than it does at the beginning eight games in do you feel like some of the staff is start of, is, is sort of starting to 
I guess, um, make it give you guys a little more clarity. I'll put it that way. Yeah, it is because, you know, what you'll see is the guys that are going to go out there are the guys that are going to attack the zone and throw strikes with mentality behind it. You have to have those things to be successful, right? We all know that. So those are going to be the guys that you're going to see continue to go out there. And, and if it's only five, six guys, then it's only five, six guys, right? Those five, six guys are going to be the five, six guys that are going to pitch. And, you know, you have seen the entire staff up to this point, but you've got to get those guys out there and look, a lot of these innings for these first eight games have been preset. You know, we, we, there's been times where we could have left guys in that were doing really, really well, but you've got to see those other guys. You've got to know who you're going to be able to count on. You've got to know and see what they're going to do once they tow that rubber. And that is starting to take shape a little better. Uh, same thing on the position player side. You know, we're starting to, to learn, starting to find out who the tough guys are, who are the guys that are going to be able to play unafraid to crash and burn, like I mentioned earlier. You know, those are the guys that are going to allow you to be successful, allow the team to be successful and become the players that you count on. So it is starting to take shape a little bit. You know, it's still early, but, you know, we use that term a lot. It's still early. But before you know it, it's not going to be early. It's going to be, you know, too late, maybe, so to speak. So, you know, we've got we've to narrow down who those, who those aggressors are going to be, who, who those alpha dogs on the mound are going to be that can, can pound the zone, can feel their position, can hold runners. You know, that's what we need on the mound. So the more and more that we go, the more that's going to settle itself in. As a coaching staff, we're going to be comfortable with as a team, the team's going to be comfortable with and want to play behind. So that stuff always, always sorts itself out. It really does as you get more and more into the season. Coach Anthony Babineau, our guest, Louisiana Raging Cajun Baseball, taking on Northwestern State tonight at 6, Rally Program Appreciation Night over at Russo Park. 5.30 pregame right here on ESPN Lafayette. Uh, Cody Juno will be doing play-by-play. Brad Topham safe will be in the booth with Cody and uh, looking forward to tonight's game. And then this weekend, Coach, Southern Miss. So, Somewhat of a familiar opponent. It's not like uh, you guys rarely play, but they're about to be an extremely familiar opponent as they enter the Sun Belt. I haven't really gotten your take on this, and I, I imagine it'd be about uh, the same as, as most folks I've talked to. But what are your thoughts on the upcoming additions uh, to the Sun Belt and its impact on the you know the Sun Belt as a baseball conference? Well, as far as as a baseball conference goes the impact is tremendous because you take two to three really good baseball playing schools and add them to our conference. And, you know, the conference RPI automatically goes up with the addition of those schools. I mean, Southern Miss, a 
perennial, really their program a lot, in a lot of ways, mirrors ours. Uh, they've been to multiple regionals. They've been to the College World Series. Schools are roughly the same size. Cities are a lot alike between Hattiesburg and Lafayette. So, you know, to add another opponent or another team in the league like Southern Miss is is just great for the conference. You know, and then James Madison, Old Dominion, um, those programs baseball-wise have, have had some success as well. So we're very excited about the additions to the conference. And, and the fact that, you know, Southern Miss, we've got another course – it kind of seems like they've been in our conference forever, right? Because we've had we've had a home and home series with Southern Miss for, I mean, as long as I can remember. So we, we've we've played them just about every year. But the fact that they're going to be in the league now, um, and, and what that does is that opens up a non-conference weekend for us to go and get, you know, another quality opponent to either bring in here or, or go to for for more RPI points. You know, um, Southern Miss will take care of itself now because it'll be on the league schedule. So just a lot of positives that come from the addition of, of Southern Miss to the Sunbelt Conference. ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. Final question, Bab, about Cajun baseball. Generic question. Uh, so, you know, typical media, maybe coach speak, I don't know. What is the biggest key in your mind to getting a victory tonight? Well, we've, we've just got to continue to play our game. We've got to focus on us, do the things that we do well. You know, and I mentioned earlier, we, we've got to just that, that killer wolf has to come out in us um, as far as attacking our opponent. We've got we've to play unafraid to crash and burn. That's our whole, that's our whole motto when we surrender when we surrender to that thought process, it just, I'm telling you, it allows you to play more freely. It really does. And when you can play more freely, you will have more success. When you, when you do anything without the fear of the consequence, then you will free yourself up. You really will. And, and good things will happen. They really will. So, but we've got to, you know, and then the baseball, obvious, right? We, we've got to throw strikes. We, we've got to get on base. And, and we've got to make things happen. We, we've got to put solid bat to the ball and just make them make, them make plays or, or try to make plays. You know, and then we've got to make the plays on the other side. Cutting down the free bases is, is an obvious. That's a big one that we've got to clean up. So hopefully that starts tonight. And if we do those things, you know, we should be successful at the end of the night because, again, that's what matters at the end of the night. It's getting the W. It really, it really is. Six o'clock tonight, Russo Park. Bab, always appreciate you taking the time. Um, I know this morning after uh, the long week-long road trip and getting back at about one or two in the morning, not always the easiest, but uh, I appreciate it. I know the listeners and uh, those that follow Cajun baseball closely do as well. We'll, uh, we'll see you out at the ballpark. In the meantime, man, uh, I'll let you get to it. Enjoy the day. Enjoy the baseball, and we'll chat again next week. All right, Scott. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. Have a great one. Thank you.